Welcome to the Community Group Leadership Podcast, where we help community group leaders be better together. My name is Tyler Cherneski. And I'm Reed Kappel, and we're thrilled to, to share with you all some, some best practices, some resources, and stories from across all of our campuses uh, regarding community groups. And we're, we're very thankful for all of you and for the work you do in leading and loving the people that God has entrusted to you. So thank you. We really do believe that community groups are the best environment for spiritual growth for everyone at our church. They're the place where Christ community's mission is lived out to be a caring family of multiplying disciples, influencing our community and world for Jesus Christ. So we believe that meeting together on a regular basis as a group is time well spent. And because of that, we want to do what we can to, to equip you as leaders. And so this podcast is a means that we can do that. Uh, and so we're going to have a few episodes during the duration of each of our sessions. Uh, each episode, uh, Tyler and I will have a guest with us, uh, and that guest will be a community group leader from one of our campuses who we will interview and dialogue with about a particular topic uh, that's both relevant to all leaders and that also is, is a topic that many leaders have expressed an interest in learning more about. So I'm ready to dive in, and, and today we have with us on our podcast, Holly Justice from the Brookside Campus. And our topic of conversation is gonna be around facilitating conversation in a small group. So Holly, thank you so much for coming and joining us. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the group that you lead? Thanks, Tyler. Yes, I'm Holly, and my, my husband and I go to Brookside Campus. We've been there since the initial launch. And I'm a graphic designer, but Chris and I own an engineering product design firm. So I've got kind of right brain, left brain thing going on in my life. Um, our small group uh, has been together since the launch of Brookside. We started when everyone was new, no one knew each other. And um, that's sort of what our group looked like. We were 12 strangers and um, we currently meet right after second service we get together for lunch share that and then we have our group together and it's a neat makeup we really have people in all stations of life so um, we have a lot of different points of view in our group which i really love yeah yeah that's cool well holly i know that you know leading a community group is not always sunshine and cupcakes and smiles and so what's something about leading a community group that that you do enjoy but also that you you know causes some frustration for you Sure. Um, you know, I think the the most dear thing to me is uh, given some time, um, just how much you can see a community group change and bond, um, not necessarily becoming the best of friends, but showing deep care for one another mm -hmm. and concern uh, and support. And, and we really saw that happen in our group um, early on when, like I said, we really didn't know each other. One couple suffered a real loss and we were able to see the group just rally around that person in support and love. And it has really helped our group to, um, to really intentionally grieve and mourn with each other when there's sadness, but we also celebrate really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's been, it's just been a great thing to watch uh, the group do that and, and that the friendship came from the hardship. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that's, I mean, that's amazing. But you know, there are times when it's really hard. These people that we love so much don't show up. And you know, you have four people there and our roster yeah. has 16 on 
on it. Yep. So um, that attendance can be hard, and, and that can be discouraging sometimes. And now that Brookside has gone to two services, we may not see each other for weeks. So um, I would say that's that's one thing that it's, it's life, it, it's reality, but it can be a bummer. Whenever those sad weeks come when no one shows up, I just try to clench my sadness and whatever leftover snacks are there. You know, it's like four or five cupcakes. We'll see what happens. But uh, seriously, we're glad we brought you here this week to talk about facilitating discussion because we heard that's something you do well. And honestly, in the full list of things we could talk about in this podcast, it came to the top of the list because this is something that leaders are curious about. How can I host and be a good leader of discussion and conversation in my group? So uh, one to start by asking you, why do you think this is so important for community group leaders? Why is this something that folks want to know about? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the the preparation that you make beforehand, and I don't just mean preparing the study, but the the investment you have with the people and how well you know them really can change the dynamic from being two hours that are just awkward and tense and you want it to be done and it's obligatory to being just really life-giving in a place where people are um, truly looking at their lives and are changed by the word and um, and that's what you want to see and it may not happen every single week but over over the long haul I think um, just investing as a leader that's that's what you hope for. Mm-hmm. Holly, what are some struggles you faced um, or maybe even still face uh, in facilitating discussion in particular? So not just being a leader, but but in the role of facilitating discussion, what are some some struggles that you still face in this role? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, one that that may seem obvious uh, is just just when when folks don't do the homework or the the mm-hmm. preparation required, and if you really have spent a lot of time getting ready, it feels a bit like a cheat when when no one shows up prepared to discuss, and you know that there's great content there that um, that could really really help. Um, so that's that's hard when that happens, but. Um, I mean, I've been that person, too, to yep. show up to many a Bible study not ready, and I had a crazy week. And so, again, that's life. But I, I almost think the more deeply frustrating and difficult thing is when um, you have a group, and I've been in the situation before, that is just stagnant. And mm-hmm. maybe you've been together a long time, maybe not, but um, it may just, it's just not flourishing. You're feeling like it's obligatory to folks, and and that is when I feel like it's really difficult. Um, just, just the the prayer and and um, yeah, just the the heart required to keep going through those groups and to decide: do we keep going or do we table this group? I mean, that's a a tough decision that might have to be made. So um, I feel like that's that's one of those that that can get really really up there with yeah. difficulty. Yeah. I'm really excited to learn more from you today. And and one of the ways that I've learned a lot is by making mistakes. I feel like I'm always getting some lessons from some poor things that I decide to do. So what are some things that maybe you've learned the hard way in leading a community group? Are there any lessons that uh, have come about, things that you now know that would be good to avoid doing if you want to facilitate good discussion? Totally. Um, People who've been in groups of mine would probably say this of me, but it would be avoid doing all the talking. Oh, man. Yep. I mean, I I verbally process my thoughts. That's how I work through something that's in my head. And 
that's just not necessarily the best way to have a great discussion. Yeah, yeah. And I think just being comfortable with silence during during the discussion will lead to such a better result. And my, my husband's a lot better at this than me, so he has helped provide that balance um, of just just offering up the space for people to think about things. And um, it makes me, you know, tap my foot and, and get a little nervous. But um, I've learned that that that's really um, that's what you need to um, to help all personalities have the comfort level to lay to weigh in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been in in studies where the leader both asked and answered all the discussion questions, <laughs> sure. and you know that's. Um, it can almost feel offensive because there are so many great thoughts and opinions in that circle that are not getting shared. And, and it's a real loss um, to lose out on that. So my advice is just hold your opinions as a leader till the end and just let that holy, let the Holy Spirit do the work of, of teaching. He will. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think I've learned through the years is to just not be afraid of people having different opinions or holding different uh, biblical um, interpretations, that's that's always going to happen. And I think just practicing civil debate is a good thing. And you know, if we can't do that with grace and respect hmm. within the church, we're just gonna have problems yeah. outside the church. Um, so I, you know, that's that can be a challenge too, to just not stay so nice and surface level with your questions mm-hmm. that it doesn't begin to scratch at some more difficult issues that may actually be the ones that really change people. Yeah. Maybe we should change the name community groups to civil debate groups. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a good option. Doesn't really sing as well, but uh, well, so, so in a lot of ways, Holly, I mean, facilitating discussion is, it's really boiled down to the art of, of question asking and asking good questions. And in most of our groups, uh, they do conversation starters, which I'm sure you, you know, and we do that for a few of the sessions during the year. Um, but even though we provide the questions and uh, we try to make the questions manageable, the key of, of making the questions yours and asking good follow-up questions, that's, that's really the art uh, of good good question asking when it comes to the conversation starters. So are there are there certain kinds of questions or even sets of questions that you have found to be particularly helpful in drawing people into conversation? Hmm. I think a lot of it starts with just your posture around how you're approaching the entire discussion. And if you have have a posture that you need to learn yourself, that you are there um, to understand from them as well, then I think that that can really really change the whole experience. And um, I think that it's great to to not necessarily know the answers to all the questions yeah. that you're going to ask. So be open yourself to to where the group leads, um, and at the same time, you know, just have have honesty and vulnerability ready and and if you if you are going to ask that group to offer up difficult things to share struggles you you need to be willing to share those things yourself Mm -hmm. that that are authentic i mean people don't want to hear something that seems kind of canned or Mm -hmm. no that's not really that hard but think long and hard about that be vulnerable yourselves you you need to um you need to set that example of not putting up a facade so yeah. that just everyone's comfortable that we're all broke, broken together. Yeah. Um, 
Also, I would say don't ask lots of questions that feel like a Bible quiz where the members need to have lots of biblical and theological acumen to answer. Yeah. This can be so uncomfortable for folks newer to the Bible. And and frankly, even to those who know it really well, you kind of begin to sweat and remember what's the chapter and verse. So don't don't do that. Just craft your questions so they're universal and and that they really lead people to analyze their life and what they really believe and then how they could make a specific change based on what you're studying. So um the, the other thing that I love is when we leave it to our group to come up with the application um, and the action steps that they want to take away from what we've just studied. Y- you know, what they will say is something you would have never dreamed of. And the book certainly would not provide mm-hmm. probably their specific um, action steps. So, you know, let them... Um, let them kind of craft how how they're going to take this away and and really give everyone the space to share that. So so those are more those are more um, overarching ideas than specific questions, but I think they would help guide to a new way of questioning. Yeah, that's great. I love that L- leaving the application questions to your group and seeing kind of what they come up with. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now it doesn't matter if you're leading a group of either middle schoolers, empty nesters, all the kinds of groups that we have across Christ community. There is one thing that they all have in common, and I'm sure it's this: sometimes folks can go down a rabbit trail. No, uh, I know, well, no. I know, and I know that I have many soapboxes in my life. But the the question is, how do you handle that when that happens in a group? Someone's heading down a rabbit trail. What's an effective way to kind of bring a discussion back together? Yeah. Um... You know, I would say number one, just have patience with it. Um, you may you may be experiencing a total detour from someone that you don't hear from much, and you know, I would just give empathy to that situation because this may be their opportunity to be heard in some way. And honestly, sometimes it can be the most hilarious moment of the entire study. So you've got to let that happen sometimes. You need some memories, right? Um, But if it happens too much or it's disruptive or inappropriate, you need to gently bring the group back. Um, You can do this, I think, by just rephrasing whatever question or topic you were on so that... You know, it may not be the exact same question, but but you kind of go back to the flavor of what you were talking about before without chastising the person that got you off track a bit. And um, and often you have you have folks on one end of the spectrum who may talk a lot and get off topic, but you're also going to have folks that may not talk at all. And that's where I think if you have one end of the spectrum, really be keenly aware of the other end and make sure if this is happening with a lot of talking on one end that you are um, are asking the quieter person what their opinion is or just making sure that, that they have the opportunity to be involved um, so that there's balance and everyone just feels valued. So in the end, you know, these rabbit trails will happen, and that's real life with real people. So I do think um, it's good to just work to understand why it's happening. There are a lot of reasons. I mean, that person may not understand the study. They may be disengaged with it. Um, they may, you know, just be trying to seek attention. 
socially or maybe something's happening in their life that has them completely distracted and mm-hmm. distraught. Yeah. So I, I really think the heart of it is um, don't just treat the behavior, really look to understand and, and, and draw closer to that person to know what's going on in their heart and how you can help. Um, be a friend to them, pray for them, and um, see if that changes anything. Yeah, that's smart. And if I can say personally, that point about not just asking questions that are rooted in biblical knowledge. I mean, what I love about what you shared, Holly, is that our community groups aren't just another class. It really is a place to dig into the heart and into each other's lives. So that is a fresh reminder to me that there are those settings where content is the goal. This is one of those places where real good care and life changes the goal. And I, uh, I appreciate the way that you frame that for us. That's great. Well, Holly, thank you so much for your time and, and input and wisdom. I, I think you've created some real plausibility for our leaders to say, hey, I'm not alone in some of these struggles and, and challenges. And so thank you for your, yeah, your input and wisdom. And hopefully it's, it's a fruitful thing uh, for our leaders. Well, that concludes our first episode of the Community Group Leadership Podcast. Uh, Tyler, please tell the people out there in podcast world what our next episode will be, what they have to look forward to. Well, I'm excited for it. We're going to be discussing how to host well, uh, naming some ways that you can care well for those who gather in your space if you're a community group leader. So topics like child care, hospitality, snacks, they'll get covered. I can't wait to learn more from uh, the leader that's with us. So please come back and join us. And I can't wait to hear about Tyler's brownie recipe.